So for Advent, the idea is that we kind of keep it simple, just a few words to remember. So each Sunday of Advent, today is the Sunday of hope, so every time we use the word hope in the bulletin, it's highlighted, it's all you got to remember. And then there's one or a few words or small phrases from each week's text that we will focus on, and today's is keep awake. So you will see that highlighted throughout the bulletin. So just pay attention each week. We've got peace coming next week, then joy, and then love. It's so strange to enter the Advent season. You're just off all the turkey high of Thanksgiving, and boom, here we are getting ready for Christmas. The Advent is a season of waiting, and every year the the lectionary gives us apocalyptic literature for that which is such an interesting thing there's a sense of foreboding that comes with uh the text that we're given to read during the season of advent but they had the disciples had a lot of questions for jesus like who what when where and how is all of this going to take place they were anticipating the coming of the Messiah, and they had a lot of questions about it, and with a lot of questions, they had a lot of anxiety about it. Does this sound familiar? When you're desperate for the who, what, where, when, how questions, that it sometimes breeds anxiety? So I think Jesus' word here was an effort on his part to tamp down the anxiety that came with this sense of what's going to happen next. So here's how it goes. But about that day and hour, no one knows when the coming of the, of the Messiah will be. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken, one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Keep awake. You've heard the ancient story. Every Sunday of Advent, some special music. Thank you, Amy, so much. Uh, we're trying to keep it short and simple during Advent. You know how easy that is for me. All right? Short and sweet, short and simple. Today's message, keep awake. I've made a commitment to write one less page of a sermon every Sunday. Let's see how that goes, okay? Keep awake. 
Amy and I were in our first church. We were fairly new to our first church. She worked with college students and single adults. I was with youth and senior adults. And the pastor had assigned all the ministerial staff for hospital visitation. One of Amy's first assignments was to visit a well-known old grouch in the church. You know, every church has one. I won't say who ours is, uh, but everybody has one. Our church grouch went by, uh, in Clemson, went by his initials. Today, let's just call him A.J. When she got to his room, A.J. was sitting on the bed there, and she sat across from him and began the small talk that is helpful in hospitals, especially when you're young and the patient is old and you're not really sure you want to know what all is going on with him. Early in that conversation, apparently A.J. had a little nasal drainage, Instead of reaching for the Kleenex at his bedside, old A.J. reached right down between his legs and grabbed the hospital gown. You know, those gowns that open up completely up the backside. And then instead of bending over to take his nose down to his gown, he pulled his gown up and blew his nose right in his gown. Well, the small talk didn't last much longer after that. And when she got back to the church, I asked Amy completely innocently, well, did you get to see old A.J. today? And my 24-year-old bride said, did I get to see A.J. today? And you know, once you see it, you can never unsee it. I guess we've all been there. You know, we opened the door accidentally without knocking, or we clicked on the link that our son sent us when he was doing his medical school rotation on gross anatomy. And then there are all those little inadvertent, inadvertent seeings. My father went through a painting phase years ago, and hanging in their house is a beautiful ocean scene that he painted in the early 1980s. Now, this was well before Matt Gronig ever dreamed of a cartoon character named Bart Simpson. But the way my father painted that setting sun, a yellow glow peering through the sky of, cloud, of, of colorful clouds, well, it's a golden Bart Simpson right there. And everybody can see it. And once you see it, you can never unsee it. It's not a beach sunset scene anymore. It's Bart Simpson looking over those waves right there. Preparing for this introduction, I googled things you can't unsee. That was a mistake. <laughs> there are so many things now that I can't unsee. Moving from the ridiculous to the sublime, let me suggest today that it's the same way with faith. Once you see with eyes of faith, you can never unsee. Jesus says this is the heart of faith, just seeing. The prophet says where there is no vision, the people perish. Today's text is filled with apocalyptic foreboding. It's how we always begin Advent. The season of waiting for the coming of Christ always begins with the wariness, this anxious ambiguity. It seems inappropriate that we would begin with apocalyptic, but maybe it's right because that's always around us. It's the way we begin this season of waiting. I appreciate Dan's recent treatment of the end of times misunderstandings that can come from these types of scripture. 
You don't have to go very far to find a preacher telling you today that the world is ending. It's the signs of the times. But Jesus will have none of that. On several occasions, his anxious followers came to him with a nervous eye to the future. Tell us, when's it going to happen? And his answer to them is always the same. I think he's speaking to us today in our apocalyptic foreboding, speaking to us one way or another. Jesus just says, if you want to be faithful, just watch and wait. Just be alert. Just keep awake. You want to know what faith is? If you want to boil it down to two simple words, it's not doctrinal purity or Trinitarian correctness or premillennial dispensationalism. Faith is just a commitment to see the world in a particular way. Keep awake. With all the anxieties of the world swirling around us, Jesus says it's just that simple. Keep awake. Now, to be very clear, you can decide. In fact, you must just decide to have eyes of faith. It's no more than that. Faith is a conscious choice. I am going to see the world through the lens of faith. Now, some people do have spectacular experiences, their own kind of Paul's Damascus Road vision, but not most of us. For most of us, faith is a once and ongoing conscious decision. Soren Kierkegaard, the great Danish theologian, called it a leap of faith. At some point, you just have to take the plunge. I am going to see the world this way. And once you see it, you can never unsee it. Once you believe in hope, you can never unsee it. Even in a world of despair, a 26-year-old dies for no known reason, tragedy, despair. And then 375 people fill a room. Most have to take the whole day off of work to shower love and support on a grieving family. I saw it with my own eyes Friday a week ago in this room. I will never be able to unsee it. Keep awake. Once you believe in welcome, you can never unsee it. Even in a world that still spews hatred and misinformation, suspicion and doubt on anyone crossing our southern border. A family flees violence, walks for days, endures danger and desert heat and xenophobic alienation, and then an entire church shows up to support them in every way. This past week, four from our congregation delivered a Christmas tree to say Feliz Navidad to five Honduran immigrants who are now part of us. I saw welcome and acceptance and love with my own two eyes. And I can never unsee it. Keep awake. Once you believe in goodness, simple kindness, decency, honor, integrity, even in today's toxic political climate, 
It's everywhere around us. Goodness, simple kindness, decency, honor, integrity, everywhere. You just have to want to notice it. And once you see it, you can never unsee it. Keep awake. Psychologists call it the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Arthur Zwicky from Stanford University calls it the frequency illusion. Maybe you just re read an article about electric cars and you decide you need one. And then, though you've never considered it before, suddenly electric cars are everywhere. There's a Tesla at every other stoplight. The Nissan Leaf parked beside you at the Harris Teeter. Your boss is suddenly driving an Audi, Audi e-tron. The Volkswagen e-Golf and the Mini Cooper SE, the Toyota Mirai and the Hyundai Ioniq, they're everywhere. Of course, every car company did not just start making electric cars after you got interested. It's just that your brain became attuned to electric cars when you decided you needed one. And even a subtle hint is enough for your brain to start looking. And once you can see, once you want to see, you cannot not see. Once you have seen, you can never unsee ever again. Keep awake. Now, this idea of not unseeing something implies that as much as you would like to unsee, you can't unsee. But with faith, it's different altogether. With faith, once you give yourself to the discipline, once you take that leap, once you want to see God in the world, you will see God in the world with great joy. And not being able to unsee will change your world. Seeing God will change the way you see everything else. People, other people, yourself, and every situation. But let me offer one word of caution to remind you that if you keep awake, things will change. When you awaken to God, everything changes. The start of my own theological liberation came from just opening my eyes. I've told you about that professor in my freshman year of college that opened my eyes. And then a fiery old Tennessee prophet named Will Campbell spoke the truth right to me in chapel that day. Once you get educated, nothing's ever simple again. All the issues change if you, you truly open your eyes and while I believe that it is demonstrably true that the liberation Jesus exemplifies for us is a liberation in a progressive direction, more welcome, not less, more openness, not less, more acceptance, a broader, more liberal, more liberating vision of God in the world, it is also true that the wokest people on the planet need to keep awake too. For Jesus soberly says, the Son of Man is coming at an hour that no one can expect it. Revelation, awareness, new ideas, a challenge to every old idea when you do not expect it. Keeping awake never ends. It's an attitude, a spiritual posture of openness that's what the Advent season is about. 
in the midst of apocalyptic anxiety that is always around us. A call to constant awareness. Is Jesus calling you today to keep awake? Once you can see the world as Jesus saw it, you can never unsee it. And that's the call of Advent. Keep awake. May it be so.